Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars draw. Chicago Red Stars played out to a 1-1 draw against Kansas City NWSL. Uh, Not too sure if there's a ton to talk about in between the lines in this match, but it's going to probably sound familiar. So I couldn't do it alone because no one could ever do anything alone. So I am joined here today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the scam originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm I'm good. I, uh, I feel a little bit... I feel a little bit like this team like has me in like a sleeper hold and I'm just like slowly just like, so it's like chill. Like last, last episode, I was a little bit just like, ugh. but this week, this episode, I'm just like, I'm just slowly falling asleep, you know? Yes. It's like, I know this song. Yeah. It's familiar. I can be lulled to bed by this lullaby. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, in the preview for last week, we thought a couple things we thought, this Kansas City team is new to the league, even though they have a lot of veterans on that team. They're still figuring things out. And the Red Stars should head into this game and do a couple things. And a couple things are A, score goals, and B, get a win. Well, they did one of those things, Claire. And uh, we'll get into it right now. Uh, but first, as always, we're going to talk a little bit about these starting lineups just to get our impressions on them talk about set the the mood for for what we're going to talk about we'll start with the guests first uh shout out to kansas city the midwest rivalry is back it was nice to have the memories flowing in about all the times chicago goes up against kansas city and so uh they went ahead and lined up as followed they had abby smith in net they had michelle maimon rachel corsi kate del fava to run out their back line Kate Bowen, Desiree Scott, Lola Bonta, Gabby Vincent, Michelle Vasconcelos, uh, Amy Rodriguez, and Victoria Pickett uh, sort of round out their starting 11. Um, Claire, I'm not going to front. Taking a look at this initial starting 11 for the visiting side, you know, I thought Desiree Scott, welcome back, right? Probably going to do some some good stuff. I thought Lola Bonta, obviously, probably also going to do some good stuff. Veteran midfielder there. Um, So I thought maybe the midfield was going to give the Red Stars midfield, uh, maybe a little bit of a run for their money. And, uh, of course, as always, Amy Rodriguez is a player that stands out. But uh, what were some of your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, definitely want to say just happy to have Kansas City back. You know, I was thinking about this as you were talking like rivalry. Yes, but I have no negative feelings about that team. I don't think, you know, they would something really something significant would have to happen. I think for me to really just be like that team, but yeah, no. um no, but, the Midwest sisterhood is back. Yeah, it's like very Midwest, right? We're just like kind of yeah. happy to have them around. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm going to be completely honest. Everyone saw the game as it played out. I really liked what Kansas City did against Portland. No disrespect to Kansas City. I didn't think this team was going to be able to do a ton against Chicago, um, except and having seen what happened against Portland, I was like, Amy Rodriguez, if Amy Rodriguez and Michelle Vasconcelos are on the field, then the red stars are in danger and it's going to be in isolation. It's going to be them making something happen. We've seen this happen against the red stars multiple times. We've seen Jess Fishlock do this to them. We saw Rocky Rodriguez do this to them. Um, I was like, Amy Rodriguez absolutely is someone who can change an entire game all on her own. 
And uh, well, we'll see. And I promise this is not just because of what happened. That was just kind of my feeling. Um, I think I think that Kansas City is well organized. So I didn't necessarily think that Chicago was going to have a ton of scoring opportunities against them. I that was not like a sure home run to me. Um, None of the teams in the West actually have had huge defensive struggles. Uh, that's been more of an East division sort of a thing. So I was like, this isn't going to be leaky. It's going to be very organized player for player. Chicago should have the edge, but because of the way Chicago has been playing and because of the dangers that Kansas city presents in their attack, this one could turn into kind of exactly what we saw. And so that was sort of my thought seeing the lineup, but still just again, player for player, Chicago is a better team than Kansas city. And there's no disrespect to them to say that. No, it's not. It's a completely fair statement to say, especially in light of national team players returning. We previewed that last week as well, and they made the return in this lineup against Kansas City for Chicago and their starting 11. They welcomed back Alyssa Nairnett. They had Casey Kruger, Tina Davidson, Sarah Gordon, and Aaron Wright rounding out their back line. Uh, For the midfield, we saw Julie Ertz, Danny Colaprico, and then we saw Vanessa DiBernardo with Mallory Pugh, Morgan Latrell, and Khalil Watt to round out they're starting 11. I mean, again, initial thoughts on this starting 11. I thought, yeah, that's a starting 11. That is a Chicago Red Star starting 11. It was good to see Mel Pugh get to get tasked with the start. Uh, I think future, like looking down the line, that this is probably a starting 11, an ideal starting 11 that Chicago probably wants to, to roll out with in, in some capacity. Um, but yeah, welcome back to, uh, to the national team players and in terms of formation, I mean, I thought, you know, maybe they could, we would see that at four, four, two again, but it almost, uh, kind of gave the vibe of maybe like a four, two, three, one, very, 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 very kind of fluid. But, uh, what were your initial thoughts on this, uh, starting 11 player? Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of funny too, because Chicago is actually usually very good about lining their players up in position. You can just go like, bam, 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 bam. There's your defense, bam, bam, bam. There's your midfield, bam, bam, bam. There's your attacking line, but they mix it up for whatever reason um, on, on Wednesday. And uh, so you had to kind of guess and it ended up being kind of what we expected, right? Um, Gordon and Davidson in the middle, uh, Aaron Wright and Casey Kruger on the outside. Big question was like, is this a four, four, two? Or is this like that sort of hybrid formation that we saw them in against Portland? And this is interesting to me um, because going into kind of how the game started, I think it was technically four defenders, four midfielders, two attackers. But Watt was in the middle. Watt was at the nine. Pew was very firmly on the left side. But then they just kind of didn't have anybody up top on the right side. And Vanessa DiBernardo was kind of in this in-between where she was on the right side of this midfield and, and would make runs. And um, this was actually something we saw against Portland a lot as well, is she and Morgan Gatra would kind of drift to that right side and do some interplay together. Um, and so it left some gaps. It was a little bit like a lop, a little bit lopsided. Um, and obviously this was only for like the first half hour because they're, we, they made a, a fitness sub, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what this was and what it means to be completely honest. Like, I don't know what it means that like Rachel Hill 
isn't getting starts? Is it because she's still working her way back from injury? She was on the injury report a couple weeks ago, or is it a, a, a performance thing? And I am just interested that they think that like Vanessa DiBernardo might be a better attacker than Rachel Hill. Um, so yeah, I, what did you think Sandra, when you saw what it actually looked like in on the field? It, uh, it said some things I, I took <laughs> and we all typically do this when we go and we watch the, the game live, you know, once we see that, once we get hit with that starting 11, we do like a fun prediction game. Like we'll be chatting each other up in the box and wonder how the team is going to look. And then we take a look at that starting formation, um, you know, take a photo of it. So I, I did, I took the photo and I was kind of like, yeah, it's, and even in that opening 15 minutes, it was like, um, it was like, I, maybe this can be viewed as like a positive thing. It was very kind of fluid. It yeah. was stretched out at times to where it did look maybe sort of like a four, three, three. Um, but I'm in agreement with you. Um, <laughs> the analysis of Vanessa DiBernardo it's and it hasn't just been this game in particular right. um we've been seeing some very interesting right side play yeah from Vanessa DiBernardo over uh these last few matches and I'm not it's hard to gauge if this is um you know in an attempt to to nail something down ahead of the regular season or to figure out that maybe that's not working and, and shifting something else again right? for, for the regular season. But, you know, and the, just even with the opening 15 minutes of this, I mean, the energy and the hype around um, seeing somebody like Pew get that, that star was, was big. You know, it almost seemed for a second there that that, that was probably going to be the story coming out um, of the match. But, you know, what, what even watching Mel Pew, you know, credit to her, just, she just looked like a like a kid just happy to be getting a run out on the pitch. I mean, she didn't get a lot of touches uh, really early on in the, in the opening 15 minutes of that, just a lot of movement off the ball. So I'll give that uh, to her. Absolutely. It was great to just sort of see her have a bit of an active engine going. She was just um, very, very active along the top line. Um, for for the team uh, I mean trying to con I mean she tried to connect with what immediately like mm -hmm. immediately off the kickoff but I you know it was called offside but um yeah not too not too many and by the time it did get to the 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 30th minute obviously I saw that early we all assumed that it was a it was a planned substitution because again they were high on this player when they acquired her in the offseason and but they acquired her with knowledge that Mal Pugh was going to need some time she's going to just need some time and um she got 30 minutes against the uh, Kansas City to start before they brought on um Katie Johnson but you know just another game early this first half um you know where we saw Kansas City kind of initially just like fine with allowing Chicago into the final third a bit getting into like dangerous spaces um and just maybe conceding the corners <laughs> to a team like Chicago. Again, Chicago had opportunity, like set piece opportunities, you know, in this in this opening half that just didn't come to fruition. So again, but also again, credit to Chicago, like in their attack and this sort of layered attack that we're hearing them talk about building up, um, getting into these positions to where they were earning the fouls, you know, for these sort of you know um, stock kick opportunities, but just. Again, just like not having anything um, 
kind of come come out of them. So it was it was I thought of the three games that we've seen so far, it there were more clear ideas. Um yeah. for, from Chicago in the attack. Sure. Uh, just again, just no goals in that first half to show for it. Yeah, and I think I think a positive thing that I do want to note over three games, and and I'll probably talk about this a little bit more because there's an overarching feeling to this whole Challenge Cup campaign, which we'll talk about once we kind of get through the match. But um, <laughs> it's ironic. It it's like uh, again, I'm like I'm in the sleeper hold. I'm like freezing to death here, which fits with the weather this week. But um, I'm never like stressed out when I watch Chicago play. And I think that that should be mentioned. I think it should be mentioned that in all three of these games, very low stress for me watching. I, I'm not afraid of what's about to happen. I'm not concerned about big gaps on the field. I don't think that anyone is in a particular place to get exploited or blown up consistently. You put Julie Ertz in the six. I'm like, they're not getting through that, you know? And And yeah. so I think that, that should be mentioned because yeah, Chicago is getting truly, uh, you know, annihilated right now for being very boring and they are, but part of that does come with a sense of a comfort level in what they're doing. And I think that that is, you know, I think that's significant and, and worth talking about because this is this premise. It's this half idea, right? This half idea that if you can just smother the other team and then get the goal, that's a women winning formula. They're doing half of that really well. And I only having seen it in three games consistently, do I feel like I want to just truly put a stamp of like positivity on that because I think that it's true. Um, but again, um, I, and this is cliche, right? And, and this is something that I don't know is true because I'm not in anybody's head. I don't know if Chicago like believes that they can score right now. That's kind of the feeling that I keep getting watching them move the pieces around in front of goal and, and turn into kind of these low quality opportunities, whether they're like crosses in the air or a corner kick where you've got like the ball gets like headed like six times, but none of them are really a great angle. And you're just trying to keep it in play and ping it back in front of goal. And I'm like, I don't know if they have a clear idea of what it is that they're trying to do, or if they actually think that that's going to happen. And also part of that could have just been the weather. I just think that it was a very, it was a pretty low energy game in general, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's that kind of, a, that kind of underperforming after doing such other things. Well, you just have to kind of wonder like what's going on mentally there. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an unfair point to, to bring up because Again, like we're watching, we're watching these games, and, and we'll we'll still just try to narrow it down to this one for now because everyone's here for everyone's listening to the recap. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is again the third consecutive game in the Challenge Cup. You know, where the Red Stars are are doing things right. <laughs> like they're impl- they're they're executing the things that they have talked about implementing on the on the pitch. And even when we are looking at the numbers statistically for them, if we're just breaking down the first half. They had a successful th- first half, like based on the numbers. I mean, they're winning their their duels against their their opposition. They're they're winning the the possession battles, the the accurate the passing accuracy battles. You know the 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 shot the shot attempts. You know, but the question marks are the ones on targets, right? But um, those numbers are are there for them. So it's I imagine 
when you're going over your your tape and your footage, when you're going over your numbers, there is po- there's that possibility that mental component that comes in, where you ask yourself, well, if we're doing X, Y, and Z right, what the hell is going on, right? right? So there there's there, I don't think that's an unfair point to to bring up at all, and I'm 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 glad you brought it up because they they closed out um they closed out that that first half goalless again still had leading in those statistical areas against against their opposition but there were also just like weird awkward moments like Danny Colaprico getting like a really early yellow, yellow card in yeah. in that first half and you know Kansas City despite you know conceding a little bit of those statistical areas still doing some things right. you know again against Chicago's game plan I mean we're, we talked a little bit about our impressions of the starting lineup and yeah, seeing somebody like Lola Bata, like she, I thought she did really well at times to play out of Chicago's pressure. Yeah. Just a smart veteran savvy player in their, in their midfield. Um, and you saw somebody like Katie Johnson getting coming in and, and like knowing that she was going to be an early sub in this match and still just sort of seeing her work into the game for that, like, you know, those 15 minutes into the second half and then watching her continue that in the second half, like in that first half, watching her be observant. Like she was a player who was still sort of watching the game settle in and come in into play. So, you know, by the time they they went into halftime, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the goals were going (laughs) to, were going to start coming. I, I did not feel that way at all about this team, but I did have this sense of like, um, it makes sense <laughs> what they're doing and um, hopefully they will, they will figure it out. What were you going to add on Claire? Yeah. I just wanted to talk about Katie Johnson for a second. Um, yeah. we are. So I think that, I think if you want to talk about like a story, a really good narrative here, I think we should talk about Katie Johnson for a second because so Katie Johnson joins the team prior to 2019. She, is in some starting lineups. She gets put out wide for like the first ish time. Really. She did some of that with sky blue previously, but was asked to go out wide. It was a little bit of a new position. She plays very collaboratively. Um, the world cup break happens. Chicago really struggles to score. Um, they bring in, they trade for Savannah McCaskill. They get Savannah McCaskill. So McCaskill then starts getting those starts that Johnson was getting um, at the end of 2019. Um, with this idea of we need like maybe a shooter that's going to shoot. We need someone who is going to be hyperactive, is going to be trying to get a lot of touches on the ball, all of that sort of stuff. 2020, um, Johnson is like hurt off and on. McCaskill is being brought in as a very like core central player. McCaskill's given the captains aren't banned for a game. Um, and then the 2020 off season happens and McCaskill goes to Louisville. Now we have kind of this same Chicago project. Katie Johnson is very important to this. And the thing that I, that I think that we saw not only in this game, but at the end of the Portland game is so in 2019, there were a couple of games where for Katie Johnson, you know, we're watching it. The other players are gone. Sam Kerr's out. We say it has to be you. It has to be you. And you saw a player maybe be like, whoa, it has to be me and not know exactly what to do with that. And I think actually what we've seen from Katie Johnson in her limited minutes against Portland and in this game 
was that actual like, oh, no, it has to be me in a way where there's some confidence there now. There's some understanding of what being that player is. And while, yes, her instincts are back to goal and her instincts are collaborative, when given those moments, I think that she's walking into this role of, I don't know if she can do it, you know, 15 times in a season, but you can see that that mental aspect of her game starting to develop. And I think that's a really, that's a great, that's great. That's a great positive. Um, and so I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that about Katie Johnson. Cause I think that that that's something for people to be excited about. I think. Absolutely. I mean, if people haven't picked up on it already, um, this is going to be the Katie Johnson episode. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because um, the, we within this game is we're going to start breaking down the second half. There's, there's going to probably hear a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of things that we have touched upon already within the first two games that we're still going to be talking about in this third game, but a goal did happen. And um, a huge part of that is because of the player that we're talking about right now. So yeah, this is absolutely going to be the, uh, the Katie Johnson episode, but you know, that <laughs> getting into the second half. Yeah. Um. And this is something, again, talking about things that are sound familiar based on previous episodes. Um, and it's a point that I wanted to bring up because it's, it's, this is going to be the third consecutive game that I feel like we're seeing, seeing this um, in a Red Stars game, where the opening 15 minutes of the second half, the opposition comes out with their adjustments and the energy is just different right. um, against Chicago. and. I think there's two lenses in which you can look at it is either a, the one that I just mentioned, like, okay, well, the opposition is utilizing this opening 15 minutes of the second half to change up the game and and establish the tempo in in their favor, or the Red Stars aren't turning that switch on at all. Right. So Claire, what, what are you thinking or what's the vibe that you're getting? Because based on these 15 minutes that I saw, these opening 15 minutes in the match covering it, from the press box, it felt like Kansas City wanted to try and take their chances um, early on in that opening yeah. 15 minutes. And they did it. I mean, watching somebody like Victoria Pickett start getting way more involved. I mean, and not really start. She had had some good moments for Kansas City in that first half, but she really came to life in the second half for, um, for Kansas City. And uh I think Chicago struggled a little bit against that. And we saw a shift happening on the pitch for them. Yeah. I mean, I think I wrote about this in the recap of of the game. You know, I think one of Chicago's biggest issues right now, and we actually saw this in the 2020 challenge cup as well, is that (laughs) there's another team on the field. Um, Like I think that Chicago (laughs) can get so wrapped up in their own process that they kind of forget that the other team is also trying to win the game. And so Chicago, I mean, well, to be frank, they're pretty predictable in terms of a lot of their tactics. You know, they, they push early. They like to stick with, they don't make a lot of early subs, right? They, they, no matter what in the second half, they're going to let their starting 11, try to problem solve and try to absorb pressure. Um, I, you have to wonder also, this is a big conversation about the psychology of it. Um, you get another scoreless first half, maybe you're Chicago and you're just like, damn, this is, I just, can we try again tomorrow? You know, just I, that idea of 
it's still not quite working. You're still not getting that payoff that you want. Um, it's 35 degrees. There are no fans. And I mean, what we can talk about this in the goal that they conceded Chicago did not look like a team with a lot of mental fortitude in that second half, to be completely honest, even when they were not losing. Um, it seemed like they were kind of done. And I think that that, you know, and maybe this is a good place to put all of this. Cause I was thinking about this too. Like this game got rescheduled, right? It got rescheduled for like 22 hours after it was originally supposed to be played. It got moved up to five 30 after it was supposed to be seven 30 the night before the weather didn't really improve. Um, Chicago has chosen not to have any fans in the stadium. I can say from my personal perspective, you know, covering it. I mean, I don't know if I've even said this on, on this podcast before, but I'm a music teacher. I teach music lessons. And as I've been getting, you know, vaccinated and whatnot, I've been doing lessons back in the shop more recently. I watched this on my computer in my classroom, you know, and it, this disconnect, this idea of just like, what is this exactly that we're doing here? this preseason of it all. Um, I don't think, I think after letting that Portland result get away from them, I don't think Chicago has done a fantastic job of treating every minute of this game. Like it mattered. And um, we saw that kind of in post game too, a little bit. They're really kind of onto the next right now. Um, and so I, I just think that we saw that I, we saw either a team that was physically just getting really, you know, really exhausted. This is their third game in two weeks. Um, you saw a team that hasn't played in front of their fans for like 550 some days. Uh, and I don't know, it wasn't great. I mean, to be completely honest, I, I think that it's one of those things where as a manager of that club, you have to figure out what your team needs in that moment. And I don't know if they need to be, fired up or I don't know if they need to be left alone. And that's just something that, that the red stars have to sort of figure out as they finish this challenge cup and move on to the regular season. But um, they looked cold. They looked cold and tired. I don't know. I, that's just kind of, yeah. yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, I know if I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know if we're feeling it up there and that open your press box. I'm sure they're feeling it in other ways on the pitch. And um you know, that that's not to provide any excuses or anything. You know, there's no, there's two right. there's two teams, you there's know, playing right. on the on the pitch and going through the the same thing, but we're just um breaking things down and adding our perspectives as as we we typically do. But um yeah, no, that's it just um you know, there's a number of games that teams are getting in this challenge cup and there's a number of points that you gotta come away with, you know, before you maybe ask yourself those questions of yourself where you're like, well, where, where are we at? Yeah. So, you know, Chicago had an opportunity in their first two games and it didn't come through and they knew that they were going to get their national team players back for these final two games and maybe try to make a run, uh, but it's not working out. Uh, so I think at one point during <laughs> this match into the second half, I, said something along, I tweeted something along the lines of like, this is, this is quite the battle for last place in the West division, because it just, despite Kansas city making their early attempt in that second half, it definitely switch turned off. It definitely turned off. We we're both acknowledging that of the red stars. Right. 
during this game at a certain point. But I would also extend that a little bit to Kansas City as right. well. There just was a certain tempo that comes in again that just wasn't happening in this game at a certain point. Um, Julie Ertz ended up getting a yellow just past the hour mark. And at this point, you're still goalless, right? It's You're still like, oh, there's 30 more minutes to go, yeah. right? You know, there's still, uh, you know, she, Julie Ertz was starting to get involved in the attack. You know, she was starting to shoot. <laughs> Your defensive midfielder is starting to shoot. You know, it's not working when she's like shooting. This. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you know, you're just like, you got it. It's a sign, guys. It's a yeah. sign. And you're just like, mm, you got to pick up on those cues. So it's like, you know, it, it's, um, you start asking those those questions. I think a, a, a important one of those questions is one that you've already posed to the listeners now. Claire, we're just like, well, is there some mental fatigue right. going on? You know? Um because this isn't the same Challenge Cup that players were used to playing in last year, you know. Um, there's still an ongoing pandemic. Players are getting used to traveling again. Um, having a regular kind of schedule as a professional athlete and, like, what that entails. So there's there's just a, there's a question. You know, body language says a lot sometimes, and you just sort of, sort of wonder and um, – Watching this game kind of come down to the final 15 minutes, um, you, I think there was maybe that sort of layer of, well, we got to try something. We got to do something. And um, Chicago went ahead and made some substitutions to try to maybe change up the game a little bit. And we saw this again in the previous match against Portland, right around maybe the 70th minute, they brought on Mackenzie Doniak and Rachel Hill for – Kalia Watt and Morgan Gautreaux, respectively. And um, Chicago started to take their their time. So while they didn't do it in that opening 15 minutes, like we were talking about what Kansas City was bringing on, it sort of felt like they were trying to do that in the final 15 of this match. Um, having somebody like Danny Colaprico <laughs> try to take a, a, another shot. And I, I was laughing at that too because – I feel like a keeper and that like Abby Smith, you're going to want to try to take those shots yeah. at the top of the box. Right. And um, we started to see that uh, a little bit from, from Chicago. And um, we'll get up to this, this first goal. Um, Kansas city went ahead. They broke the goal scoring in the 80th minute during this game. Talk about a, <laughs> Talk about a real stay tuned and Ooh. we'll make something happen for you. It, it happened. Yeah. It took 80 minutes for, for offensive things um, to, to happen in this, in this one. And um, again, we're, we got to talk about the buildup to this goal because again, in the previous match in, against the uh, Portland, we saw their goal happen off of what was essentially uh, a corner kick from Chicago that was cleared away and they played a quick, uh, quick ball into Morgan Weaver. And then we have in this match a similar set piece situation <laughs> occur for Chicago um, with Casey Short and Vanessa DiBernardo trying to like make something happen on the set piece and um, have another bag where Sarah Gordon got involved with Casey Short, you know, trying to make something happen there. So they're both these like back to back, like these consecutive like missed attempts off these set pieces and then all of a sudden <laughs> there's a ball that's played in to to amy rodriguez by abby smith yeah 
So just like Lob City going on here. And what was what we know now, because we got um, Sarah Gordon in, in, in post-game comments was um, basically chalked up to, you know, a miscommunication here um, between Gordon and, and Nair. And um, watching it on replay, it appears as if, you know, you could see that maybe Gordon believes that Nair is going to make an attempt on this ball. She tries to shield off her striker in Amy Rodriguez. And so listen, air doesn't necessarily come out. And it's a huge amount of space between Gordon Rodriguez and Nair. And Amy Rodriguez is not going to be denied and just completely muffs Sarah Gordon. She trucked her. And uh, said, I'm going to get this ball if no yeah. one's going to get this ball. If two of you aren't going to get this ball, I'm going to get it. So Amy Rodriguez goes ahead and then she nails this ball, right-footed shot. And all of a sudden, Kansas City are up late in the game in the 80th minute, 1-0. Claire, your feelings on this goal? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I still think that it it holds to what we were saying about the earlier parts of, of the half, which is that how did that ball even make it to Chicago's box, you know? How does a how does a punt from a goalie make it all the way over there when the ball's not bouncing? We know the ball wasn't bouncing, you know, on on Wednesday night. So there, there was just a collective lack of effort in the midfield to ball win. Um, and then, yeah, the ball kind of scoots on the ground. It's about 20 yards from Chicago's goal. It was it was equally probably a miscommunication and just a mental mistake from Gordon because even if Nair had been calling for it, that wasn't going to work. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, was it a foul? Probably. Was she offside? Maybe. Uh, was, but also I think when you are presented with a situation that bizarre, uh, you just gotta, I think, you know, a rod took, you know, she shot her shot and she didn't get called for anything and it worked out. So um, I'm very of the thing of like, well, I don't know if that's legal, but also I don't know exactly if that scenario deserves to get bailed out. So I, it's just kind of a mix. Yeah. I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I feel yeah, like in right. that scenario, Amy Rodriguez is connecting on goal right. no matter what, whether it got called off or not. But, um, yeah, it's funny because we've been watching the defense do what they've been doing for Chicago over these last couple games and, and we know what they're capable of and we know that no one's going to beat Sarah Gordon in a foot race. Right. But when it comes to like that physical battle, Amy Rodriguez got all that. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll be completely honest. I saw that and I was like, this is awful. I was just straight up. Like if this game ends like this, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It was, it was definitely veering towards, uh, this is a very visible representation of how this both looks and yeah. now feels exactly. bad. Yeah. Um, but the Chicago Red Stars went ahead and kept things interesting. They said, we're not they going said, out like that. Yeah. They exactly. said, we can't do it. We already feel bad. Yeah. We're not going to feel worse. Yeah. We're not going to go from worse to worser. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. And um, God bless Julie Ertz. She still was trying yeah. to connect on goals. She said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I will score a goal with my foot. 
but, you know, after a goal happens, there tends to be a lot of amped up energy, right? Chicago came right back. Uh, Julie Ertz and Rachel Hill tried to connect on goal with Ertz's attempts uh, going a bit too high and skying out. Uh, but that didn't uh, stop Chicago because they got another opportunity just a couple minutes later. Aaron Wright getting on the end of a ball, serving it up. Shout out to Grady's mama. Um, she has been working her way back mm-hmm. into form. And uh, Katie Johnson was able to get on the end of this ball and get a bit of separation from her defender. And Abby Smith tried to come out and make a play on this ball. And shout out to Kejo, who had the presence of mind to kind of read that and take yeah. a, shot, it was a good um, shot as as she was out of position. And this, uh, all of a sudden, Chicago found the quick e- equalizer. And uh, Claire, it felt nice. We posed that question, right? We said, who is going to score on this team? But it'll feel good if they score on this team. Because if a defender scores on this team, it might not feel so great. But let me tell you, Katie Johnson got this goal and it felt real nice. Yeah. I mean, that's another one where I don't know. It's really hard to tell when you only have one camera angle and it's the at, you know, the halfway line. It's really hard to tell what's on or offside. So I don't I, you know, I'll take it. I don't know um, exactly what the line looks like there as well. But yeah, I mean, I think the thing the thing that I love the most about that was not actually that you know, Katie Johnson made the run because she can make those runs. It was the toe poke over the keeper that was new. And I thought that because we even saw, we even saw, you know, against Portland, there was a moment where it turned into, she didn't have as much control over it because she was just trying to get a rebound. But, you know, I think that a, a, a less seasoned player would crash into the goalie or shoot it straight, straight at the keeper. Um, it takes a moment, just one moment, to flick the ball over, over the keeper who's making the dive. And I think that um, Johnson being able to do that was really nice to see. Um, And I was happy. I mean, the team didn't celebrate. I I understand that. Uh, I would say that's great because now not the only thing that happened in this game is the second most embarrassing thing to happen in a Chicago Red Stars game after Adriana Leone falling in front of goal against Boston. Uh, Number two, not number one. Leone still holds that crown. But uh, so I was like, great. So now this isn't just totally embarrassing. Um, And is it something to build off of? I don't know. They only woke up after they got conceded on or they conceded, but also it's good to know that they can do it. And I think, again, I think that it's worth it to build to something to build off of. I don't know if the team can, but Katie Johnson certainly can build off of this. And I think that that's great. Yeah. Same. And um, just to close out the match, uh, Chicago did not get last place for now in the West division. They ended up uh, holding on to the one, one draw against Kansas city. Got two points. Giving them a whole two points in three games. And um, we do want to show love and acknowledge uh, supporters of Chicago Local 134. Uh, with this one goal from Katie Johnson, they have raised $785 uh, for Sarah Gordon's hood space. Um, shout out to all the supporters groups who have been making goal pledges in the Challenge Cup um, for various. Um, local organizations and nonprofits. And um, it's nice that the Red Stars were able to oblige, get a goal and raise some money uh, for Hood Space. But yeah, uh, 
to, I guess, sort of segue and transition to previewing this this final match that's going to happen for Chicago, we will also just take this time to say rip peace to the 2021 Challenge Cup uh, hopes and aspirations. Uh, we hardly knew you, honestly. Um, Chicago Red Stars are officially out of contention to advance out of the Challenge Cup West Division and compete for what they had considered the first trophy that they wanted to collect in 2021. That will not be happening. That will go to the Portland Thorns. They went ahead and they won their game later on that evening against O.L. Reign, giving them nine total points with a game left remaining uh, in the West Division. So this next match coming up for Chicago as they hit the road to take on O.L. Reign will really just be, I don't know, Claire, probably something to just maybe tie up some some loose ends. Perhaps maybe they want to end on a high note. So maybe they will get a win. Who knows? Yeah, what, what I, think? I think it's for bragging rights, ultimately. I mean, I think we've seen in the West, you've got Portland and then you've got everybody else. And I think Chicago, just for their own peace of mind, would want to at least draw or beat everybody else. Um, you want to be better than OL Rain. OL Rain is, is, I would say, some direct competition from for what Chicago is trying to do right now, and they have their own weaknesses. We saw that against Portland um, and against Houston. So um, you want to win that game because you want to be better than that team, I think, is ultimately how it goes. And I think that uh, that's not actually something that Chicago does a lot. Usually they'll be like, oh, we'll use this to get some people minutes or we'll use this to further develop our style of play or whatever. Uh, for me... I think that, you know, fans are going to start coming back right in the middle of May. I think you want to start you. We've done a lot of developing and I think you got to start telling the story of why your team's good now. And I think that um, this is a good game to do it, though. Obviously, um, there they were supposed to have a week in between. Now they have six days in between um, again. It's four games in seven, 18 days. They went from playing college teams for 70 minutes to a very, very tough, 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 tough Challenge Cup schedule. They got the first four really available match days, and they're going to have three weeks off. Um, yeah, so I think you do want to put a button on this. You want to score some goals. That, that field, I know Rory Dames always has a very clear – uh, idea of what he wants to do at that very narrow, tiny uh, Tacoma field. Would love to see some tactical changes. I would love to see some versatility from this team. Um, so, yeah, I just really think it's about wanting to feel good because they've got another little mini offseason coming up, the little three-week break. Um, and I think it's also just about keeping everybody healthy. You know, Dames, and he does this, but he he highlighted again just that he said that everybody is physically and emotionally, mentally, physically exhausted right now. Um, we talked a little bit in the last episode about some of the other just societal things that are going on that are very stressful. Um, and I think that Chicago has never been a great team at putting the blinders on when they've got to play games. And so I think what you have to do there is just take care of your players uh, play a good game and pack up your, uh, take your ball and go home, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that's the, that's the best way to put it. I think, yeah. um, knowing, you know, yeah, it's going to probably shift some things for them because knowing that, um, you're not going to be competing, um, to advance, uh, to play in that challenge cup final might change things up a little bit. Um, 
yeah, they play in a baseball field. So we'll see what Chicago does um, with that. It's a but, soccer oh, field for ants. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, rain though, man. They're definitely, um, I think, another team that we can circle in this division and say that they're also still trying to figure some things out. Yeah. Um, they're a team that's still looking for their first one. They're a team that's still looking for their first goal. Um, they got a little bit of a later start um, in their Challenge Cup. So they're they're on the hunt for that. Um, this will be Chicago's final match for Challenge Cup versus, you know, all rain and just racking up their third. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that kind of plays out with Chicago kind of wanting to maybe wrap things up, whereas all rain are maybe still trying to maybe hit their stride a little bit. Um, but it'll also be a coaching matchup. I think that I'll be keeping my eye on as well, just to see, um, what these two teams are, are trying to do tactically. If Chicago does make those type of adjustments versus somebody like Ben city, who really wants his team to get as many games, under their belt to sort of iron out their um, tactics on the pitch. So, so we'll see, I think in terms of, geez, you know, in terms of um, players that have an impact players that we want to see have an impact. It's, it's been funny. Uh, Every single week that we've come on here, we sort of narrowed it down to offensive players. Um, Again, shout out to Katie Johnson Mm -hmm. uh, for finally breaking through and getting the goal scoring for, for Chicago, uh, maybe she'll get another one. You know, Rory Dames in postgame, you know, he was, um, you know, praising his forward. And, um, you know, he said that it was really good to see a player like Johnson get, get rewarded because of the work that she has been doing. And um, like always, you know, he expressed that there are, there are six forwards, you know, fighting for those top line spots. And um, he believes that Johnson has done really well to put herself in the conversation of being in that first 11 when the team does get to the regular season. Um, So hopefully she'll get a chance to get another run out there to close out challenge cup. And um, maybe Mel Pugh, right. We'll also get another bit of a run. If we saw her 30 minutes, maybe we'll see her for a a whole half, you know, for, for this match, but we'll, we'll see. Um, see. But I'm still going to, I'm still going to keep it on the offensive players. Um, they're clearly trying to figure things out. So at this point, I, I, I saw Katie Joe or Katie Johnson get a get a, a goal. So let's see if someone else on that top line can get one as well. What, who, yeah. How about you, Claire? What do you? Yeah, want to see? I'll flip it. I'll flip it a little bit. Um, here's here's what I think. I think that one of the things that I've also just looking at the stat lines, um, it's it's been interesting because uh, they've been doing low shot pretty high efficiently high efficiency shot on goals essentially they're just not getting a lot of shots off um which you would think would be like a reason that's reasonable right <clears throat> that's a reasonable way to play but i think that they're real big they're deep in efficiencies and i'll just keep saying this until it's not true anymore they're deep in efficiencies are in their crosses um and so i think what i want is i want fewer crosses more shots and I think that the person in charge of that, especially since Vanessa DiBernardo is <laughs> running up the wing now, uh, is Morgan Gatra. I need Morgan Gatra to get like, I need Morgan Gatra to take five shots in this game. That's what I want. And I want her not to look for an outlet pass outside so that it could be crossed in. I want her to shoot it. Uh, so that's where I'm at with it. I think that this idea of playing it out to the wings 
crossing it in centrally is not working great. And I think that they should cut back in, go central, um, or Danny Colaprico, either of them, Colaprico or Gatra. I want Di Bernardo. I'm giving a pass on because she's being asked to do wild things right now, but, uh, I want Gatra or Colaprico to, to get some shots off in this game. We got a forward goal. Let's get a midfielder goal now. Exactly. Right? Yep. Let's see that front six looks like a front six. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, folks. Let's uh, let's hope for the best and let's see if the Red Sox can close out their Challenge Cup with a win before we bid adieu to them for a few weeks in the regular and await the regular season. So with that, I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining the comedy. If anybody wanted to like go from the end of each of these episodes to the beginning of the next episode. <laughs> and we're always like, here's to hoping we're recapping a red stars win. And then it's yep. like the red stars lost one to nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's the, here's the, recap the continuity. Yeah. next week. We're still, we're still waiting to recap a win in 2021. So let's see what happens. folks. And we're going to go ahead and uh, close out by thanking you all, of course, for your continued support of Southside Chat Podcast. I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the content that we produce for you all, please know that the best way to support us is through our patron. Go ahead and check it out. Find a tier that works for you. We have subscriptions that start from $2 all the way to $25. And uh, hopefully you see one with the perks uh, that fits your interests the best. If not, we understand times are hard and not everyone is able to support in that capacity. So I just want to let you know that there are a multitude of ways to continue your support. You can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Leave us a like, a rating, subscribe. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're planning and preparing Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everyone, Continue to be safe, make smart choices, continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, wash your face, get vaccinated when the opportunity presents itself, and please continue your support of Black Players and Black Life, and we will be back next week, hopefully, to cover Chicago Red Stars Women.